1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Gaming Golf. Uh, We are back in time for the Ryder Cup. Super excited about this week. Ryder Cup starting on Friday. We're going to try to wrap our brains around the gaming aspect of the Ryder Cup. Plenty of betting angles. The uh, DFS angles are less obvious, uh, but uh, we'll be working on that as well. And, uh, hey, I'm just happy to be talking golf with you guys. How are you doing? Great.
2: En route uh, as we speak. So, happy to check in from uh, from the airport on my way uh, to the event and good to see you guys it's been a while Excited yeah. to do this
3: good to see you I'm uh, I'm jealous that you're the one in route and not me but looking forward to talking about it
1: <laughs> yeah welcome back to uh getting cover an event live in person and what a better event too I mean how awesome is that great venue uh, and obviously super amount of drama it, it, it'll be super narrative street it's gonna be great
2: Yeah, drama off the course, at least until we get started. But then, you know, on the course, it's just this event always, always delivers. So uh, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be fun to be, you know, it's going to be my personal first time back at a sporting event with a big crowd, you know, since the pandemic. So it's just been it's been fun to see football games on TV. It just feels like crowds are more energized than ever before. I'm not sure if it's something they're doing in the production truck of like turning up the volume of, of fan noise and down the volume of the mics of broadcasters. It just feels like fans are more into sports now than they ever, ever have been. And so I'm really excited to see golf's really the closest thing golf has to a college football game type of crowd. So I'm uh, I'm ready. It's going to be great.
3: I think, I think people are just pretty ramped up. I think a year off and you see some of these football stadiums, it's, I think people are just really excited.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, let's jump right into it here, though, guys. Uh, let, let's talk about this. I thought we'd approach it first by just talking about the player pool. You know, there's very limited. There's 24 golfers, right? I mean, that, that it's, I want to talk about the selection process first of all, because on the U S there are a lot of optional picks. And obviously when you have that, it's going to raise some level of controversy. Were you guys happy with the captain selections for the U uh, S team?
2: Ah, uh, I think so. I, I kind of wanted to see Kevin not make this team. I thought he was coming in in good form and he, he would just bring something different to the table in terms of a player who's really like short game dependent as opposed to another power player. But um, I thought the, obviously the bold move is leaving Patrick Reed off the team, which, um, you know, you make a case for him. you can make a case against him. I ultimately thought Stricker would probably pick him. So I was surprised in the end that Reed was not on the team. Uh, but given the fact that he was in the hospital recently with pneumonia and, you know, different, um, there's different dynamics, I think with Reed in that locker room that probably played a role, I would guess, um, You can see the case why Reed's not on the team. But to me, that was the biggest surprise on the U.S. team.
3: Yeah, I mean, it was hard to begrudge many of the picks. I mean, three of them were slam dunks, obvious. It was really only three picks. I would have gone um, probably Kevin Kisner over Harris English, but I get it. English was playing really well. I just think that Kisner, you read all those polls, and he's like the most liked guy. When people talk about who you want to play with, he's number one every single year. And he's a great putter. Like, you give me a great putter, a huge team chemistry guy. I think it's pick twelve. That would have been my pick. A little off the map, but I think it's who I would have gone with to, to fill out the, the final spot in the roster.
1: I'm amazed that you are using narrative logic to support yep. this. Here, I had Kevin Kisner on my crappy uh, season-long team. He did get <laughs> he won a tournament, so I can't complain. I was going to say to he was
3: he was your one win. Let's not rip him too much.
1: Yeah, for for six months, I was like, oh, I got to bench this guy. He's terrible. And then or, he uh, wins
3: more. More wins than DJ on your team.
1: Yeah, oh, pipe down. Uh, but. <laughs> You know, at the same time and then you know he has a chance to kind of qualify for the, the final and you know he came up so small he was like second to last in the field or even you know in the in the penultimate event i don't know i mean i am i i don't i'm i'm fine with him not making the team uh, I, I don't think he he earned it there
3: now would you, would you have gone read over english
1: no i, I don't think so
3: okay that's what and and part was because, because the
1: i mean there's there's so much history with reed playing well in the Ryder cup i get it but he hasn't been playing well lately at all and i think recent form is the single most important thing you need to be paying attention to and english earned that spot english has played well for a long time the only thing you could say is he wilted under pressure a little bit on that uh round and when he you know on that final nine uh
3: I, that, I I very much think he earned it too. I just probably would have gone a little bit different, but I, I I do not argue with the fact that he fully earned that spot.
1: Yeah. It's not like he was winning joke tournaments either. Yeah. He you he's know playing he, he's playing great in big tournaments. Yeah. Played well in the US Open, closed well in the US Open. I think that's important too. So I, I'm okay with that. How also, about on also? Reed
2: oh, Reed was not great in the last Ryder Cup. No. And he was not great in the last Presidents Cup. I mean, yes, no. he kind of he brandished this image as you know a match play assassin, but that's you know five six years ago now. I mean, he was he was he was not good in Paris, and and not good in the last Presidents Cup team either. So I, I think right. there's more complicating factors than just obviously reads hospital stay you know, this fall, but I I still expected him to be on the team. And I I think it was the right decision not to, but I'm just, I was surprised he didn't make it.
1: What a wild world we live in where he (laughs) would have been the, at most, the third most heckled guy in the U S team this year. (laughs) I mean, you know, that
2: by Sunday, you never know, but he'd start the week.
1: Things (laughs) happen. Yeah. Oh yeah. Especially there, there's been no like ambiguity with, uh, bunkers and, you know, uh, whistling straights in the past or anything like that. So we don't have to worry about uh, any rulings uh, working for or against Reed, but no. Uh, how about the Euro side? Uh, any surprises there?
2: Ah, uh, I, I mean, I guess I was, I guess Poulter had a better year than I realized. I mean, I, I was, I was somewhat surprised to see him pop up, but then I kind of looked at stands like, well, if not Poulter, who? Um, and to me, it made the most sense. It, feel, it feels like they're, the euros are kind of getting the band back together. One, one more time, you got Westwood, Sergio Poulter. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of experience of guys that have, have dominated this event, uh, not just in a vice captain's role, but as playing captain. Of course you got Grand McDowell's vice captain Stenson's vice captain, but to have right. that core group of guys actually on the team and playing still for what could be their last cup, um, I think mean, it's a powerful thing, and I, I think it was smart of uh, smart of them to, to make those picks.
3: Yeah, I don't think they were. I don't think they were uh, making this trip without without Poulter and Sergio. I mean, they both uh, playing well enough where the, all the narrative stuff works out, and Sergio's just a beast in this event. There's no way you keep him off; he's alive and playing well.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay. So, uh, not not surprised at all. So, not not too many surprises then. Uh, it's a it's an experienced Euro squad. Uh, the U.S. has a big advantage in length. Uh, that, that's, you know, you know, aside from Rory, of course, who can blast uh, in ROM. But up and down the roster, the U.S. has more big hitters. Does that matter?
2: I think, I think the big advantage for me is the fact that the U.S. has an advantage in world ranking. It just shows that overall they should have the better squad on paper. I think I think to me that's why they're the favorite in this event more than anything, more so than length. But what you can do with length, obviously, is start to tailor a golf course to fit your team's strengths. But I I think for me, the US is the favorite on paper mostly because they just top to bottom, one to twelve, you'd say they have the the better roster.
3: I, I think those things matter on Sunday in singles. I think those things matter less in the team events, especially alternate shot which the U S absolutely sucks at. And I think that you have to, you got to figure out ways to pair guys, like finding someone to play with Bryson and the alt shot is tough because most guys don't have those second shots that Bryson has. So you have to, it's it just, it, the length is great, but you've got to piece it together And Europe. Europe just seems to do so much better with that. And in the, those first two days, they just seem to always, always do well. And I, I think that that, uh, the length and the, and the world ranking matters in singles when you're playing by yourself one-on-one, but I just don't think it matters that much on, on Friday and Saturday. I think there's a, there's just a lot that goes into those two days.
1: Right. One of the big tricky parts about gaming this event is not knowing the pairings ahead of time. We have some ideas. We have some guesses. We have the, oh, well, we know JT and Jordan Spieth want to play together. They probably will. But, you know, will they play all four events? Will they play two events, three events? Who knows? Um I think that's one of the biggest challenges to approaching this whole event.
3: Yeah, and I, I think even more the more of the pairings. What you said second is how many the, how many events or how many you know rounds guys are going to play. You want if you're going to play someone in in bets or in DraftKings, you want them to play at least four, and you obviously want to target the guys who are going to play five. There's going to be many of them. Like I don't think. I don't think Stricker will have everybody sit a full day. So you've got everybody's going to play at least three. So it's a matter of finding those guys that are going to play four and those couple guys who play five. I mean, that's just, it's a huge, huge uh, advantage. If you got guys that are playing more events, got his drafting is just amassing points.
1: Yep. And let, let's talk about the system here with Matt, uh, with uh, DraftKings. Cause you know, we we usually use that as our basis here. Uh, before we start going down to the players, it's different than every other week. It's a match play event. It's, you know, Points are accrued for you know matches one and or halved holes won, lost or halved. Uh, you know it, it's a lot more difficult to try to kind of handicap this. I think.
3: Yeah, and you want guys. I mean, it's it's kind of like when you get football when you get correlation with quarterback receiver. You know, if you can, you want guys that are paired together because they win a match. That's just suddenly double all those points because essentially they're going to get the same thing because they're going to win the same holes, going win the same match. Um, if you can find guys that are put together and they win, I mean, you're suddenly you're rolling pretty well. Like when a quarterback throws a touchdown to a receiver.
2: Yep. Yeah. yeah, And uh, I mean, I would say, I think going back to what you said, though, Jeff, there's a few guys that you can look at and say, if if they start hot, if they go out and win a match early, they're going to play five. There's a few guys you could say that. I I, I think JT Spieth is one of those pairings. I think Ram and Rory on the Euro side, they're going five matches if, unless they just seem completely lost on on Friday morning. Um, right. So I, I think those are kind of the cornerstone players you try to look at is who's going to. Who, who can go out early and just ride the wave basically and th- there are a few guys on each team i think that are tempting to is like cornerstorm cornerstones for your draft teams lineup
3: and, and the ride the wave is so key because you want the, those second tier guys you didn't the, the, after the guys you mentioned those are the guys that if they do ride that wave could play five you got guys like you know dj or Morikawa or Cantley or xander like if they start warm those guys are going to play all five too and you just uh, you know one of those guys loses one suddenly they're out but the, you, those second tier guys who get hot is going to be the key to who wins this thing
1: OK, so looking at all that, let's look at the pricing uh, for, you know, and I've, I just I'm pulling up DraftKings for like, uh, you know, just a, just a, one of their events. Uh, wrong, you want to uh,
3: explain the the captain, the, the roster real quick first, because it changes the pricing.
1: It does. Uh, can you explain it? Because sure. I know, can you? <laughs> and you have
3: you have six roster spots and everybody's the same price, except for you have one captain spot. Captain spot gets uh, 1.5 times his points for the week. And obviously his salary is 1.5 times his salary. So, like someone like Rom is 9800 if in one of your other five spots, but he's 14, whatever he's 14-4. Four, I can't do the math, 14-7, whatever it is. Um, if you put him in the captain spot. So you obviously you need your captain spot because you get a point and a half to win, you know, get three and a half, four points, that sort of thing. So you wanna you wanna really pick the right guy in your captain spot, but obviously you're paying up for him because those guys that are lower. You know they don't they don't multiply quite as much when you put them in the salary, but you're gonna you want your captain spot guy to to play every day play every day and win three or four matches.
1: Yeah, that's right. So uh, it, you know it, it, it's there's streaks for consecutive holes one. There's you know it, it's three points for a hole a hole one holes halved are 0.75. holes lost 0.75. Uh, holes not played is plus is is, is a plus because that means you won early. So say if you, you miss the lot, if you if you go four and three you know you get you, know, you get four point eight points for not playing those last three holes as well so there there is that as well yep. so that um, it's 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 kind of tricky uh, so but yeah so let's yeah you know, Rom's the most expensive golfer uh, you, you look at uh, for you know he's at fourteen seven we know he's going to play even if he you know barring an injury he's going to play every single every single round.
2: Correct. He's in. For, okay. He's in for five, unless unless something very weird happens on Friday. Uh, I think Rom is on the short list of guys you could say he's playing five matches. Thereby, you know, he justifies that price. However, I would not pay it because, as we were alluding to, I think there's other guys that you could pencil in for five. And to me, I th- I think the participation is the key. And then maybe as you start to form your lineup, the, the first question you probably need to ask yourself is. Who do you think is going to win this? Which team is going to win? And mm-hmm. you know, you want to be, you want to have the guy, you, you want to have a winning side player in your captain spot. And so obviously, you're basically saying this is going to, I think, going to be the man of the match. Uh, so, so you, to me, you start there. And I don't know if you want me to reveal that now or save it or or build the suspense, but I, I have some thoughts on that too. But I think for roster construction, it starts with. Who's going to win this thing, U.S. or Europe? Nope, let's go, just go into it. Just you know, don't tease yeah. us, Teedah. All right. Well, I think okay. So, all summer long, I convinced myself that I would not be swayed that that Europe just always has the U.S. number in this event, and it doesn't really matter how it all looks on paper. They just always seem to have. They always just come together and play their best. Somehow, that Europe team creates this atmosphere that allows that team to play their best and u.s more often than not just misfires in this event and yet here we go as i am getting on the plane and looking at things again and i'm talking myself back into the u.s for one of the reasons i'm talking myself back into the u.s is because of what happened the last time the Ryder cup was in the u.s i think they learned some things about how to set up a golf course to fit this team specifically hazel team it was set up for bombers but it was also the green the pin positions were easy. If you remember, if you recall, that place was a birdie fest. It was like the John Deere Classic setup. Uh, so if if the US's strength is length and their weakness is putting, then what do you do? You put the pin in the middle of the green. So anybody can make these putts. <laughs> and that's what they did. I mean, there were like, you know, if you if you go back, there's like, oh, so best ball 62 or something, you know, things were just crazy with the amount of birdies and it was it created a very fun scene because crowds exploding all over the place, birdies, eagles are flying, uh, and that's also good for the home team. So I, I think I'm back to leaning towards the U.S. and I, I am fully accepting that I might regret that on Sunday because like the brain all, has just trained me to say Europe now in these things, and you're usually right. But that's my that's my two minute breakdown on, on what I see now.
1: Scott, what say you?
2: So
3: this is one of my favorite sporting events uh, that there is, and one that I get into probably more than anything else, and I unfortunately think Europe's going to win.
1: Yeah? Tell me more.
3: I just, I, I think it's just so many of these events. I mean, and I think the home course advantage is a big thing. I think that's a really good point. And then, but I mean, we still barely won last time with everything set up that way. I just think that, I think Europe is so solid. I think they're going to play, they plug better in the, in the group events on Friday and Saturday. I think we're going to have to, the U.S. I say we, the U.S. going to have to come from behind on Sunday. And I think they'll get close, but I don't think it's quite there. I'm a little worried that, uh, you know, some of our guys, A, don't like each other. B, are injured. C, aren't playing great. I don't know what's up with Morikawa. He was horrible his last three tournaments. I don't know if he's healthy. If he is, great, but then I mean, it's just a question mark. I don't know how healthy Brooks is. I don't know where Bryson's head is. I think he'll be fine, but I just, it's just there's just enough un, unknowns there that I think Europe's going to come in. I think they all like each other. I think they're all going to play well. I think the group events they're going to they're going to do really well again and and squeak out. Uh, they'll lose on they'll lose the singles on Sunday, but still win.
1: Do we know that they all like each other, or just do a better job of hiding it?
3: They certainly act like they like <laughs> each other on the course, which is kind of what matters. I don't. Yeah. I mean, you see, but you see clips of like. They do stuff at you know at dinner and the, the, like the the, Euro, the some of the Euro videos are really good and there was one this year with Poulter and Hatton and you know t- making fun of each other. It just seems I mean it seems like they just obviously I don't know, but I mean you watch these events, you watch them hanging out together and I feel like on you know Thursday night they're gonna all be having dinner and hanging out together and our guys are just gonna be trying to figure out a way to leave and go hang out with their wives and their friends.
1: Yeah, I mean we also saw Brooks's interview, which by the way. He's getting slaughtered way too much for. I, I, I think he was answering a question, and I think he was just. We all get we all get upset when you know golfers are automa automata, automatons and just giving the standard a- answer. or Any athlete for that matter. He talked about how it's different from their routine. Yeah, I, I, that's yeah, all so, there is uh, to it.
3: But when you say, "I'm not going to say it's a bad week," you're saying it's a bad week
1: i guess i guess you don't
3: say that unless you think it's kind of a bad week i don't i would have no i would have zero issue with brooks he was like you know what this is not my favorite thing. It's not for me i'd rather have somebody else that really wants to play play i'd have no issue with him doing that but you know he obviously once he starts playing he'll get into it but i just i don't know i I don't even huge probably said i just didn't like why say it like why i don't know. he just could have answered it better but you're right we we get mad because everybody gives the no comment and cliche bull Durham answers and he doesn't which is great a lot of times but in an event like this, I think you just want a little more fire and excitement because it's, it's an event that a lot of guys really would love to play.
1: Yeah. As, I, I, as we were talking, uh, I saw something on Twitter, uh, Bryson DeChambeau hints at something fun coming with Brooks Kepka story by the AP. So, uh, Oh boy, had a lot of conversations. Uh, so we'll just, see. this is
3: becoming more of like a WWF storyline by the day.
1: It's like it's just. It right is. Now. This is it going. Just, this is
2: going to be the scripted hug it out moment yeah.
1: on they the said, screen
2: And uh, they said some. Something. They said
3: something on the tea to, or on the practice tea to each other today, but you can't tell what they said. And then Bri- Brooks kind of like walks away with no emotion, and Bryson laughs and like gets the crowd to cheer because they talk. So who knows? I mean, Bryson's has got a little more fun with it right now, but who knows? I don't. It's hard to jump in
1: Brooks. Watch well. them pair up with each other and dominate. Would that be just a storyline? That would be amazing but all right let's look at the, so using your theory jeff who are you building around so i think because
2: i've now swung the other way uh, after an entire summer of preparing to pick europe to win this thing and load up on Euro, <laughs> european players for this week i think the surest bet for five matches right now on the u.s side is justin thomas because i think they're going to go out i think justin thomas hits the first ball of this Ryder cup Friday morning paired with Speith. It's just the money in the bank pairing that they have on the U S side. And I think he's got the best shot uh, to play five. And if, if you believe that the U S is going to go out and grab a lead, uh, then he's your first guy. I, I think I would start there, but certainly uh, I, I'm also tempted by Xander, although I don't know how he fits in with, you know, like it looks like he's going to be in the Morikawa DJ pod, which I'm not exactly sure where either of those two guys are. I'd like to see him pair with Cantlay. Um, can't lay is tempting, also. You know, just I was gonna say we haven't year. brought up the PGA Tour Player under, of the Year. We underestimated him all year on this podcast, Cause, cause so what, he, why not he, do it again? Because he shouldn't have won this, why? Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, I agree. So, so, but <laughs> I, I think, um, I, I think I start with JT in this build. If you believe the US is the winning side, I think Justin Thomas is the surest bet for five matches, and it, it his week would kick off right there Friday morning.
3: So I'm going a little different. Um, I do think Europe wins, and I think in my captain spot, the way that I'm going to play is I want someone who I think is going to be really good, but uh, someone who's not going to be one of the the top three or four uh, rostered players who I think will be JT, Spieth, Rom, and Rory. Uh, I'm going to go probably on my main team. I'll, I'll play some different versions, but on my main team, I'm going to go Victor Hovland in my captain spot. He's a little bit cheaper. Um, I think I like the the, the pod that he's kind of in with doing his press conference and stuff. He's with uh, he's with Rory. He's with Sergio. He's with Lee Westwood. I think those guys will play a lot, and I think if someone sits in that pod, it'll be some, two of the older guys. I think Victor's going to play a lot, and he's got a chance to play five, will play four for sure. Gain eight point one shots and approach at the tour championship of playing really well coming in. Um, I think he's going to be less rostered than those top four guys. And I think he's got a shot to be really good and play a lot.
1: And at twelve six, he's a lot more affordable than some of your other top options there. You there should thirteen five, Rom fourteen seven, JP fourteen one. You can fit a lot of other guys in there a little yeah, bit easier that's, that's the key
3: he lets he lets me get some of those studs in at their regular prices not their captain's prices so you can play victor with, with rom and jt and really build a build a nice squad there so that's uh that's where i'm leaning at the moment
2: i do like that strategy i mean it, it, it's very similar to what happened in paris uh, no one really had francesco molinari yeah. marked as the future star but it was like well there's a guy who's gonna go out friday morning we'll see what happens and he makes every putt, plays out of his mind, and just (laughs) rides it for for the full three days and becomes the man of the match. I I think that's a good pick. I mean, that fits the profile of what what happened last time. And and one
3: key, and just a strategy key, is we will know the Friday morning pairings before the DraftKings lock is, so... If you're going to have a captain or your team and you want some pairings, make sure you at least look at those. We'll know eight pairings, you know, four on each side. So make sure your guy's playing in that first one. You know, it's, if you want someone to get hot and ride the wave, you know, playing that first, uh, that first set of matches is really important. So you want to make sure you do at least look at those. That's the one set of information we will have as the thing starts.
1: Indeed. Before we start talking about the gaming aspect of uh, things here, uh, well, and, and some of our, before we do that, we got some sleepers. A quick note from our Blue Wire sponsors. So you, you've got your, your captain. Who are you building around with? Uh, Scott, we'll go with you first. Who are you, who are you building around Victor with?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think I'll have a couple guys near the top, uh, probably uh, probably Rom, you know, just going to play a lot, and I think Europe does find a way to win, and then I'm going to look at who, who, who Victor's playing with on Friday morning. If he's playing with Rory, I might shift from Rory to Rom, and kind of maybe, as Jeff said, maybe those are the two guys that get hot, kind of like Molinari and Fleetwood did last uh, last time. They never came out because they just kept winning. Um, I do like Bryson at 8,000. I think he's going to actually uh, play well this week. I think he loves this kind of event. You saw last time, yeah. even when he was sitting, he's like up in the stands with the fans and his gear and all that kind of stuff. Um, so will, I think he will get into this. And then down below, um, there's four guys in the 6,000 and below that I, that I do like and I'm kind of a piece around. Uh, I think Paul Casey is playing really well right now on fire and approach last few months. I really like how Daniel Berger is playing. I love Shane Lowry as the third captain's pick for Giro. I think he's going to play. I think he'll end up playing four times, and he might get paired with Rom, which would be really sweet. And then uh, I like Scheffler too, 5,800 if I'm trying to get some, uh, some, some of the guys up top. I think he might pair with Bryson. So I might go with a Bryson Scheffler on the U.S. side then play, uh, play maybe, maybe four Euros on the other side.
1: Jeff, how are you building around JT? So I, I got to
2: get at least one more American in since I think they're going to win. I, I'm torn right now between Cantlay or Xander. I want to see them play together. I'm a little nervous about Morikawa's health, DJ, same. Uh, so I'll pick one of those. I'll flip a coin. Where are they priced right now? I was trying to pull that up. Cantley uh, Xander. How are they? Cantlay,
3: can't is can't nine thousand. Xander's eighty six hundred. And Spieth, who I assume you want to pair with JT, is eighty uh, eight hundred.
2: I do not. I'm going to stay away from Spieth because his oh, singles okay. record is so lousy. I think that Thomas has the best chance for that kind of five and zero week. Just be just going off history.
3: But it, do it's you, you think do you think they do you, you think they pair together
2: the whole time? Yeah. If it works Friday morning, I think so.
3: Then you, you got to go so. speed then. Cause that's four wins at least. Then if you think JT has a chance to go five and oh, right. Even if, even if speed Plus, loses on
2: Sunday, I guess there's a, there's always a chance, you know, that they move that pot around. If, yeah, they If could. JT, if JT plays really well and speed just has a bad, you know, a bad morning, then it's possible Bryson or more likely Scheffler plugs in. Yeah. They're part of that, that pot. So uh, I do like that Scheffler pick a lot, uh, Scott. And I, I also like that Daniel Berger pick a lot. There's always rookies with fire. I I think having rookies on it, people talk about what a disadvantage it is. And I I just disagree. Sometimes every once in a while, rookie will just, they'll play once kind of flame out and you'll see them again at Sunday singles. But I think Berger, you know, he fits the profile. He was great at the president's cup. I don't think this moment's too big for him. He's, he's won this year. He's playing really the best golf of his life. I think Daniel Berger has a chance to be a star for the U S this week. And then on, on the European side, uh, I'm with you again on Shane Lowry. I think another fits the profile of a rookie who is just ready for this moment. Uh, a major champion is probably going to pair with Rom at the way I'm looking at those Ooh. pod setups. So you're getting whatever points Rom's scoring, you're probably going to get, but at the, at the Shane Lowry price tag. And uh, I like that he's a little more under radar for the fans. It's tempting to pick Sergio just because I've seen Sergio just destroy the US at this event year after year. Yep. But Lowry has that chance to kind of be. He's not going to be the flashpoint of any controversy. You know, the crowd is not after Shane Lowry. But Sergio, you know, there's always a chance. Hit the ball already, Sergio. There's always a chance that uh, this goes sideways for him. Uh, So I like Lowry a lot as as part of a build for this week on the European side.
1: I think he thrives off the sideways. He
2: does in this event, but. You know, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a risk you take. Um, and I, I would probably, if he's filling out more than one lineup, I'd certainly have him in the second one you do. Uh, just you can't ignore what he do, traditionally has done in his career, in this event. He becomes this superhuman, you know, as many European players have. he's He'd be on that list. And the guy is just like, uh, just hits a new gear.
1: All right. Uh, fades, who's one guy you will not be rostering uh, on your lineups? Scott.
3: That's a really good question. It breaks my heart to say it, but I don't think I'm going to have Morikawa, who's probably my favorite player on tour uh, outside of the Ricky Fowler uh, group right now. But I just don't know where he's at right now. The the form was so bad last week. I really hope he's healthy and playing well. But you talked about recent form being key in this event. I just I I hate how he played last two tournaments. I just I I don't know I don't know where his health's at. I don't know where
2: his game's at at the moment.
1: Yep, exactly. I hear. How about you, Jeff?
2: I'm gonna fade Bryson and Brooks. I just I'm gonna stay away from it. I don't know where it's gonna go. Maybe it'll be fine. Maybe they both earn four points and they you know pour champagne all over each other on the 18th green on Sunday. But I'm willing to take the take the chance that I think the odds are greater that that does not happen and that maybe they're swallowed by this controversy and and don't play their best. Also, Brooks, you know he's got a recent injury he's coming off of, so. And and Bryson has a way of bringing controversy upon himself, which you just don't need. The, pre- the pressure is high enough without that. So, and I also I think I'm going to fade Rory as well on the European side. Same thing. Recent form not that strong. Uh, he can, you know, he's he was last time it was in the U.S. He was at the center of Patrick Reed and that controversy, and he can. Um, he can be an antagonist, which can work in your favor, but it, I don't think it works in your favor if you're not absolutely on form. And I'm not convinced Rory is at the top of his game. He was on my mediocre fantasy team all year. And I saw so him, been following the ebbs and flows of, of his season. And so I would fade Rory. I think there's just other players you can get at that price to, to fill out your team.
1: I'm probably fading DJ. Uh, just had enough of him on my watch. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's an emotional decision. I get it. Uh, so you you may you, your mileage may vary on that one there let's uh quickly let's talk gaming here uh it's a you know how we I, I think you go straight to what are the odds us versus Europe to win first of all I think that's a, the the main bet what what your what's your take on that one Scott you first
3: yeah I mean I think uh, I like Europe as the underdog I think they're like plus 140 or something right now I just think I'm going on. You know the way that uh, I think it works out and the way it's worked out uh, many times I'm looking right now they're actually plus uh, they're plus 210 right now on draftings I just I think, I think that's way too high because that 20, that's, built that's, in, that's built in with a tie so the the tie the tie is 12 to one so they actually have to win they can't tie to win that but they also have to lift the trophy odds which means if they tie Europe wins that and they're plus 160 there but I would just go to win uh, plus 1 nine or plus 210 I think that I think that lines just too high
2: well I agree I don't think I don't think uh the U.S. is twice as likely as Europe to win this event, which is what the, impl- the odds are implying there. So yeah. I, I, and I just spent the first 20, 25 minutes of this saying how I think the U.S. is going to win. But not at those odds. I, I think this is a, absolutely a clean flip event. Not to say that one team couldn't win by five or six points. It happens before. I mean, the U.S., last time I was on U.S. soil, won by a pretty comfortable margin. But, I yeah, I like Europe at those odds.
1: What other gaming angles do you guys see for this event?
3: I got about 9 million. How many do you want?
1: <laughs> Give me your best three. So I'm going to go definitely more than three. Um,
3: so I, I think that I, I talked no about more Hovland. than that. That's fine. I think, I think, uh, I think uh, I like Hovland. So I'm going to bet him, um, you know, his top point score. I like him as top rookie point score. He's seven to one in, on that. He's overall 12 to one in point score, but there's so many guys. And there. But top rookie point score. I like the uh, the the combo of to uh, scoring the most points and Europe Europe to win. That's thirty five to one. I like that too. A um, couple other bets, I like Scheffler and Berger over 1.5 points one. That's uh, They're both minus 125 on that line. I think that they're going to both play a good amount. I think they're going to both play really well, too. And I like top, ten, top captain's pick scorer, uh, Shane Lowry, plus 750. If he goes out day one and we see those pairings with Rom, I'm going to bet that right away at plus 750. I think that's uh, among the captain's picks. I like him to really make a run, if, especially if he gets paired with Rom.
1: Jeff, any other angles you see?
2: I love, I mean, I love the Lowry angle a lot. I think, I think Lowry and Berger are probably my two favorites. If you just, you want to get value, right? Try to find the longer odds, but who's, who just feels ready for the moment. It always feels there's going to be a rookie. There's always one rookie that just, you know, gets three, four, four and a half points. Uh, I think Lowry and Berger are my two favorite rookie picks off this. And I would bet them in any combination you could come up with.
3: I also like a uh, top English point score. I like Casey at plus 300 in that. Uh, I don't like the way Fleetwood's playing. I don't know how much Poulter's going to play. I don't love the way Fitzpatrick's playing or you know Westwood. I don't think he'll play every every round. So I just think that uh, Casey 300 is a really good chance to win top English but, point score too.
1: That's nice. I like that. That's uh, just a thinking man's angle there. Fleetwood got a little better towards the end he did. Uh, as he was trying to make sure he got on the team. Uh, but uh, you know That, that was interesting. Haddon's the guy that I, I can't under I can't explain his season. I, I, you know, we kept on thinking he was a good value, good value on, on DraftKings uh, when we were going through it. Uh, and even in the betting side of things, when you compare that to his world ranking, but he just always came up short towards the end of the season.
3: Yeah. He missed, I think he missed three of his last four cuts on the PGA tour. It's hard to, it's like you said, it's hard to figure out where he's at because he was so good early on.
1: Yep. I know Jeff's got a flight to catch and we got a lot of, and, and we're, we're probably about, and I know Scott's got a ton of things to do too. Any parting thoughts, Jeff?
2: Ah, boy, as I'm sitting here, I'm almost thinking I should have just stuck with Europe the whole time. <laughs> just, I just keep going back and forth. I think oh. it's a coin flip event. I can't wait to see it. Uh, I will stay with the US at least until we hang up this podcast. but uh, regardless, it's really it's gonna be a great week and uh, you know anybody who's, who's able to get out there, it's gonna be fun for every, all of us on site and fun to watch on TV as well can't wait.
3: Yeah, I I agree. I love this event. I love that, you know, the three days kind of compacted together. You get to, they're just so few groups on the course. You just yeah. see everything. You just see a lot of the shots, which I really like too. And, uh, mm-hmm. if you're betting, I'm just, uh, I'm going a lot of Victor Hovland pops. So I think it's going to be a Victor Hovland week.
1: All right. There you go. Uh, that's going to close, uh, this episode and it, we're going to take a, wa- a little time off for gaming golf. Uh, we, we sit out a lot of the silly season, uh, the fall season, uh, but we'll be back at you. We'll I won't promise exactly when, but you know, pro- by January at the latest. Uh, we maybe we will get uh, we'll probably get uh, an event in there, maybe prior to the RotoWire Fancy Golf Auction, for that matter. So we'll have uh, at least uh, one more version of that. But want well, to thank everybody for listening to Gaming Golf throughout this uh, golf season. Hopefully, you enjoyed what we had to say and enjoy the Ryder Cup. Take care.